Welcome to the Minion Sonship Life once again. Here we go. We have we have a message. We have a message that I am trusting the Lord to bring forth. And it is it is it is a combination of what we've been talking about. And we'll look at a lot of the verses that we've been looking at and we'll we'll refresh, we'll refresh our We'll refresh our thoughts again. We'll refresh our thoughts again to the understanding that my life is only found in God and that now the life that I live right here on earth, it is His life that I'm living out. I'm living out His life. His life, which really looks like a meditation of the Word of God. When His Word is meditated, when the Word is taken in through the eye gates and the ears, the ear gates, we are allowing truth to bring light within us and to enlighten our path so that we'll be able to walk upright before God. Because you see, it's now His Word Word that is walking out life, his life through me. The meditation of the word of God releases the very life of God because the life of God is found in the word of God. We know that Jesus was sent, the word was sent to bring, to, to bring a reconciliation, a reconciliation of all of us unto our God. That he died for the sins of the world, not just for us believers, but it's for the whosoever now that is, it's wide open that sin is no longer reckoned against us as a penalty unless we choose not to forsake that old nature unless we choose to reject the gift of his word, unless we choose to reject the gift of Jesus then there's only damnation. But when we recognize that he so loved the world that he gave his son to die for the sins of the world, that we now at that moment have an entry by faith into the kingdom of God. We have an entry into a divine existence that is from above to be lived out here on earth, to be lived out here on earth. And as we have been reading in the word, we recognize that we'll not be able to live out this divine life that is within us without our minds being renewed. That our minds will always be, that is the carnal mind, an enemy to the things of God. That the carnal, selfish mind of the old nature, Adam's fallen nature, would always be an enemy to God. And without us meditating the word of God, of, of reading the word and pondering on the word and thinking on the word and reading the word and talking the word and living the word, without that staying in the word, our minds would not be renewed. And that is a daily work. I've heard the reference regarding the mind renewal that it's a daily work such as the combing of the hair. Every day we brush our hair. Just because we brushed our hair yesterday doesn't mean it's brushed today. 
And so just because we took in the word of God yesterday doesn't mean that we're not to take the word of God today to strengthen crooked thoughts. They want to so quickly reestablish themselves as reality to us. Crooked thoughts, perverse thoughts, worldly outlooks that so are easy to come to the old nature are really the expression of the old nature. And so last week we spoke about the word-governed mind, the word-governed mind, and we looked at Romans 8, 6. So let's go to Romans 8, and we will start from verse 5 and, and read, and trust the lead of the Spirit. Today's message is keep your bold. Live in Him. Stay in Him. Keep your bold. Another way I, I thought of regarding this title, keep your bold, is live in the tree of life. Live in him, the true vine. Another, another subtitle can be, where do you live? From what place do you live? What is the address that you identify yourself by? Keep your abode in him. He is your address. He is your thought. He is your life. He is where you live. In him we move and have our being, let that be a matter of life, not just a parroting of verses. In him, I move, I live, I think, I have my being, it is of him, his life now. In Romans 5, 8, 5, for those who live, according to the flesh, set their minds they direct their thoughts on the things of the flesh, on the address that they live from. I'll read that again. Those who live those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, and last week really is where it fits in, the message from last week fits into right here, according to the Spirit meant to live according to the Word of God because the Holy Spirit is the teacher of truth. He is the one that teaches us the words of Jesus. He is the one that leads us in truth. He is the Spirit of truth. And we looked at John in John 14 and in John 16, some verses, last week's message, the Word Governed Mind. Those who live according to the Spirit, I'm adding here, they set 
And I continue, they set their minds, and the verse continues, on the things of the Spirit. So that, the place from which you live, that you move and you have your being, is really how your life is being navigated. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In your heart, as you are, so are you outwardly. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Matthew writes in the book of Matthew. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And if your heart is where? In heaven. If you are of the one that you know are born again, and therefore thus you live from above, your heart is set. Your mind is directed on those things that are above, Colossians 3. So that way you've situated yourself to live from is the desires that will form your thoughts. I'll read verse 5 again. For those who live according to the flesh. Now this is the book of Romans that is written to Christians, Christians, Romans 1, verse 1, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He already, at this moment, we realize and we recognize and we we can see he knew his address. A bond servant of Christ. And that's not just a little cute statement to make someone believe you're a Christian. A real devoted one too. A bond servant of Christ is to be an imitator of God. And you cannot be an imitator of God if you do not think his thoughts. And you'll not think his thoughts if you're not living out of the word of God. Want to break it down today. So we can take a closer look to where we are living from. Lest we have forsaken the true vine and moved to another locale. Living out of the flesh. Enjoying these fleeting moments of worldly living that we know they lead to death. It is the last hour. It is the last hour, and we can so easily say that. Well, we'll see what's going on. Surely these are the last days. Surely. Well, let's live. 
Like surely it is the last hour. A vigilance of oneself. Where am I thinking from? What has captivated my gaze again? To lead me astray away from this firm foundation of the word of God. And you contend. And you resist steadfast every devourer and every lie that is of Satan. A militancy is required. We are soldiers called to a war that has been won, declared finished. And yet there is a fallen foe that's full of deception. That the carnal mind, the mind of the flesh, is so susceptible to. The unrenewed mind is a friend to Satan, can I say. The carnal mind that in Romans 8, Paul says, is an enemy to God. The carnal mind that we so like to pet and pretend, oh, well, you know, I'm just walking through something. All of us are walking through something. It's called in this world, there is trouble. Be of good cheer. Jesus says, I've overcome, and therefore in him we too have overcome. And so what is my testimony? What is your acknowledgement of your Christian faith? It is to acknowledge everything that is good, that is found in you, that is of God. My Lemon writes about that. What are you acknowledging? Well, that which you acknowledge will tell you from where you're living. Your address. And so Paul here, back to Romans 1, 1, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, knowing the call of God on his life. And right at that moment, he knows he's separate from the world. He's not of the world. His acknowledgement is found in Christ, called of God. Right there, he continues, separated to the gospel of God. Is this your portion? Are we not all called, as, as Paul was called to be an apostle? God is ever showing us these callings that we're to walk out by faith. But always we have to know we're separated to the gospel of God. What is the gospel of God? The good news of God, which is the word of God. Because it is through this word that I am now born again, Peter writes. The incorruptible seed of the word of God that does not perish but abides forever has given me brand new life. It's from where I live now. So then, in verse 7, we see who the letter is written to. 
to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. He's writing to the saints. He's not writing to the world, saying you're carnal. That's all they can be. Unless they acknowledge the atoning sacrifice of the love of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other option for them. That's why we pray for them. That's why we minister the word of God. That's why we want to live as a light in this dark world. And to cry and be reconciled to God. He's not reckoning your sin against you. Unless you choose to reckon your sin against him. And stay in the old state. Then the outcome of that is hell. But all the mercy of God. There is ever calling upon us and those that are out in the world be reconciled to God and using us as laborers in his field. And how selfish we can live. How selfish we can live out of the flesh. And really not recognize the urgency of the hour. So Paul is writing to the saints. And back to Romans 8, to us the saints, he writes, verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The Strong's, I want to read the, the, in the Strong's, I want to look at the word to set your mind. Because from where you live, there is a setting of one's mind. And what for me, for me, for me, destiny, my personal moments is through the thoughts that come around me that I want to savor. For me, that is a distinction. That is an identifier. Where I'm situating myself in. Where I'm living in in that moment. So I can quickly come out of it. To fight the faith. To take captive every thought. That's in opposition to the word of God. Lest I be swayed away from this confidence that I had in the beginning in the word of God, of living hope that will never disappoint. Actually, those who live the word, who live that word live, is I am, exist, where are you existing today? From where are you living? It is to be M, 1510, 
existence. And so <laughs> that where you, from where you live, from where you exist, from where you, you, you've situated yourself in, from there your mind is being set. And that to set your mind, that word is actually a very profound word. It's 5426 phroneo. Phroneo means to have understanding, to think. So from where you exist, you have an understanding. And that always brings me back to Hebrews 11. That by faith, we understand that the worlds were created by the word of God. So when I live in the word, when I abide in the word, when the word has become my place of residence, home to me, home to me, my safe place, home, my protected place, home, the word of God, then faith gives me an understanding, frames my mind. See, the Word of God frames the way the Word of the world frames. Deception frames. We looked up a couple of weeks in the message before the word governed mind. I believe it was... Yeah, rule your mind. And look at Isaiah 26, 3, about the steadfast of mind have stayed their minds on God. And those God keeps in perfect peace because their minds are stayed on him. And we looked at that Hebrew word mind, and it was a frame ready to be molded. I believe I might have it, have it open up here. If not, I'll cue it up because it's so good. Isaiah, Isaiah 26, 3. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. And that word mind is the Hebrew word yetzer. It's a form. Framing, purpose. Of what is framed in the mind, imagination. And so the word fits us perfectly. The word is to fit in our mind and to shape us according to the image of the Christ man. And when I have allowed the word to frame my mind, I'm living by faith. I'm living by a reality that is not of this world. And it's speaking to me that I'm separated unto the gospel. I'm not like the world. And the shaping of the word of God 
that sets our mind on him because we've chosen his word really brings a strong distinction between us, the one who are undergoing this transformation of mind renewal, and the world, and can I add, carnal Christians as well. And that's where sometimes you, hear, you have in, in peers that you travel with, saying, now don't get too extreme. Settle down now. I'm also a Christian. See, we live life before God. And according to Romans 8, I have a choice to make where I set my mind. Where I set my mind. So back we go to this word, to set your mind, for nail. To have understanding, to think. It also is, I direct the mind to, I seek for. Observe, I care for. So Romans 8, 5 said, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. For now. That word is the Greek 5426, and it comes from 5424, which means friend, which is midriff or diaphragm. The parts around the heart. The parts around the heart. Properly, this word is to regulate from within. Set your mind. You set your mind from within. As inner perspective, insight shows itself in corresponding outward behavior. That's why, that's why in Matthew we find out that we'll know them by their fruit. You see, your thoughts might be hidden from me, but not your actions. So when we live <laughs> in the flesh, our minds are set on the flesh. And from the flesh, we're producing a crop that is not God-pleasing to God. That God says that that which is not planted by him, he will uproot. I think that was Matthew 15. Every tree not planted by God, he will uproot. And that was to do with the Pharisees. Let the blind lead the blind, Jesus said, to his own. So the setting of the mind is invisible to the outer peripheral existence. And yet it produces an external work that is made visible to the external. Let's look at this word again. This word 5426 Froneo. Essentially, it means it equates to personal opinion fleshing itself out in action. 
personal opinion flashing itself in action. The idea is difficult to translate into English because it combines the vis visceral and the cognitive aspects of thinking. You see, I don't fully, I don't fully think there's been enough emphasis on thought and Christian teachings. Because it's exactly what, you know, in the Strong's, the commentator says here, it's an idea that's difficult to translate into English because it combines the visceral and the cognitive aspects of thinking. But it's reality. That which you think you will become. That word for nail, to set your mind, to set your mind, the strong says, <laughs> essentially it's, it equates to personal opinion fleshing itself out in action. Well, isn't that what the word is? The living word made flesh. God's thought being fleshed out in action, Jesus. We want some sort of mystical Jesus. This is him. Not so mystical. We want some sort of experience in the back room, the front room, any room, but in the room of the word of God. I'm telling you, this word is God's thought fleshed out. As it is with God, so it is with us. We are right now in this moment, thoughts fleshed out. Yes. You see, we live life before God. And our lives are on display before man. But you see, we are a work of transformation. We're not a finished work yet. So grace is required towards one another. But it doesn't mean we camp out in an old state, excusing that old state. It doesn't mean you'll be comfortable with your old self and you want to stay there because you just don't want to change. I don't know how. I'm always stuck. No, you're not stuck. It's a choice you've made. It's a choice we've all made. By setting our minds on the flesh. But you see, there's another way. There's another way. The other way is those who live according to the Spirit. And like we said, the Word of God. Because He will lead us in truth. He leads us in the Word. Then from that place, we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And we know that is life and peace to us. Let's keep on reading. For to be carnally minded is death. Death. That from where, from where you live that sets your mind is producing death or to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Or life and peace. Fruit of righteousness. Life and peace. Because the carnal mind is 
enemy, enmity in hostility against God. You see, what you think is not non-consequential or not important. It is before God and it's either pleasing to God because it's coming from the place of you residing in the true vine, abiding in the word of God, or it's coming from a foul place of worldly thought, carnal living, pagan thinking that is an enemy to God. So often we like to say, well, this tradition, that tradition, that and that and something else that they're doing, it's pagan, it's pagan. Well, how about we take a little closer look to our own little thoughts? How pagan are they? Before we point a finger outward. We live life. <laughs> in the true vine. And from the true vine, our mind is set on those things which are above. Because you see, it's no longer your life you're living out. For you died in Christ. But it's his life. His life thinks his thoughts. But you see, it's an yielding. What does that look like, Desi? The yielding is of the Spirit, and it looks like you're reading your Bible. As you read the Word of God, there is inherent power to direct your thoughts. The verses of the Bible are, are, are a predisposition that's being set in motion as we agree, as we agree with the word that we read, as we think on the word that we read, as we talk about the word that we read, it is setting us in motion to yield to his spirit. That is a conformity to Christ. Just further down in Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Not to be conformed to the world that uh, in, in chapter 12, <laughs> Paul tells us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world. What are these patterns? Thoughts. Thoughts. Let's go back to 6. To be carnally minded, Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject, not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Keep your abode is to live in the true vine that is fully pleasing to God.
and your thoughts, the thoughts that you think and ponder should tell you where you've situated yourself in, where you're existing in that moment. And no one can do it for us. We pray one for another, yes. But really, as, as Paul wrote to the Ephesians in, in Ephesians 3.17, like we read over the last couple of weeks as well, that the prayer was that Christ would live in our hearts by faith. Meaning that my heart be found in the word of God. Because when my, my heart is found in the word of God, Christ is dwelling richly in me. His word is abiding in me. And then I'm strengthened in the inner man. And when I'm strengthened in the inner man, then I'm quick to capture those thoughts. I'm quick to apprehend every rebellious thought. Deceptive thoughts, pride, arrogance, sorrow, pity, you name it, the thoughts of the flesh. So I'll only live from this place of the word that my life will be full of life and peace. Life and peace. Mm-mm-mm. I have so many verses. Mm -mm. John 15. Let's go to John 15. Stay. Remain. Abide. In the word. See the importance of John 15? Do you see the importance of John 15? Well, we saw it. Paul writes of it. In Romans 8, to live in the true vine, to live in the spirit, to set my mind on the things of the spirit. 15.1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That's mind renewal. That's the pruning work of the word of God. Mind renewal. Not my thought. His way. His thought. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. That word is remain. Stay in me. And I in you, as the branch, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Well, that's exactly what we read in Romans 8. In Romans 8, we read... To be carnally minded is death. Of your own self, you can produce nothing but death. 
by abiding in the vine, there is only life and peace. Comes back to that which we think. Comes back to the choices we make in our private moment. See, we live, we live in those moments. Our life comes from there. That's what the word is saying. The secret place. What is that secret place? It's the places of the inner man. That when God is allowed to live richly by his word, it's the secret place of the most high. But if we're living out of the flesh, it's not the secret place of the most high that we're living from. It's pretense. We do the party line. We say the verses. But inside, it's like, the, I think of what Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, full of dead bones. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burnt. If you abide in me, though, in my words, this is what it means to abide in God. Not another experience. Holy Spirit, show me yourself. He'll show you the words. He doesn't speak of his own authority. We read last week in John as well. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If we continue in truth, we will be his disciples indeed. In verse Nine, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. You want to know that you're loved? Right here we can find out that. Right here we can read and see and hear him say to us that we are loved by him. We are loved by him. Abide in my love. Look what that looks like to abide in his love. I want to know you love God. I want to know you love God. He says, well, abide here. He's going to tell us where. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. 
If you keep his commandments, you will abide in his love. Because you see, it's only when you abide in him, in his love, in the true vine, his commandments, his word, can you bear any fruit? You know why? Because faith works by love, Galatians tells us. So when you abide in the word, faith comes how? By the hearing of the word. You're abiding in the true vine which is his love. And from there, faith produces much fruit for the kingdom of God. And that is what pleases our heavenly father. It's not very difficult. We somehow did not fully read the word in context. But God, God, in his loving mercy, has penned us by the power of the Holy Spirit, this Bible, so we can come back into it and renew our mind about the love of God, about the truth of the word of God, about bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, about being his disciples indeed, according to what the word says. Because truth alone can set us free, nothing else. Deception binds us. If it's not coming from the word of God, any teachings that you hear, if they're not coming from the truth of the word of God, the spirit of error is in it. And you can't stand on that solid, there's no solid foundation there. Look, he continues that. It's what I do as well. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And in verse 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. The just shall live by faith. Faith works by love. And that pleases him. We're appointed, let's back to verse 16. That you should bear, that we should bear, go and bear fruit. Go and not park. <laughs> go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. See, when we minister the word to one another, we're loving one another. And there's no darkness there. Because God is love. And in God, there's no darkness Let's go to, I want to make my way to Jude. I have to trust him. Actually, John 14, we'll do John 14 and then we'll do, go to Jude. John 14, let's go to 15. If you love me, you hear the same, it's the words of Jesus. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
And I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you orphans. I'll come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you live also. At that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, you in him, and I in you and Jesus in us. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. So when we say, I love you, Jesus, we're saying, I have your word and I'm a doer of your word. Which means I'm undergoing transformation, mind renewal. Because the word is costly pruning and cutting off these wrong thoughts that are there of the old man of the world injected in us. On a daily basis. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you manifest yourself to us? <laughs> And not to the world. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We want a manifestation of God. We want a demonstration of the Spirit. How do we obtain that? Is the question that Judas, not Judas Iscariot, asked Jesus. How would you manifest yourself to us? Look at the answer. That Jesus gives, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Abide in the word. Abide in the true vine. And from there, life is produced. That is a manifestation of Jesus in your life. Anyone loves me, he'll keep my, command, my words and my father will love him. And we'll come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. God's thought fleshed out, spoke and answered and said, if you love me, you keep my word. And when you keep my word, you've made a home for us in you. And that home of his has become my home that I live from. How? By keeping his word. I want to look up that word keeping. It's going to take me into Jude that, that way. God is so smart to cue me up.
Oh. Uh. In 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 John 14, 23, what we read, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. That word to keep, if anyone loves me, he'll keep. My word, that word to keep is 5083 Tereo. To watch over, to guard. This is where the militancy comes in. To watch over, to guard, to observe. This word, the word side of it is from the word teros, a guard. The word is a guard to us. Properly to maintain, to preserve. Figuratively, figuratively it's spiritual guard to watch, to keep intact. So when we keep his word intact, the counsel of his word, intact we're loving God do you know where else this word was used let's go to Jude what a stern book Jude is and I had to I had to really trust the Lord to bring me into Jude today because I understand it can be stern but it's not stern out of a, a hardness or a condemnation it's out of a desire to live right before God that only can come through a right meditation that can only come from where you've situated yourself in to live from. That which you truly believe. That which you truly believe. That's where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. And so today we set our hearts above so that our lives be directed the right way, pleasing to God. Lives of faith lived out in demonstration of the love of God. Mm -mm -mm. Let's start verse 1. Jude is only one chapter, so. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James. To those who are called, he's writing, to those who are called sanctified. That word is coming from the word sanctified is a word agapeo. It comes from the word agape. And it means the ones that are loved by God, the beloved of God. But when I looked up that word in, in this, um, in the Strongs, you can do that study on your own. That word, I love actually how the New King James puts it sanctified. All other, most of the other translations use the word love because it's agapeo. But in the Strong's, it really breaks it down that it's exactly what we've said. If you love me, you keep my commandments. So we're not talking about love is love and, and now everything goes because God is love. We're talking about the love of God that's discriminatory based on, I believe, the, the strong says selection and choice. And that, that discriminatory moment of God is based on his preference. His esteeming of us is that we live our life in Christ. Let's be marred by the destructiveness of this world that Satan is the Lord over. I hope that made sense. So 
To be a beloved child of God is to have fully yielded your, your life to the love of God. See, God loves us. So loved us, he gave his son. So this is his preference. This is his moment of full expression of love. A snatching out of a kingdom of darkness. Satan is the ruler of that evil kingdom of darkness. See, when we understand the reality that Satan is real, and there is a kingdom of Satan, then we can truly understand that the love of God is discriminatory and doesn't want harm to come to us. So much so he has snatched us through the son of his love. This is Colossians 1, I'm paraphrasing. And brought us into a brand new kingdom, in the kingdom of the son whom he loves. And it is kingdom of the son that he loves. It's a kingdom that is from above. And that's where we set our hearts, our minds on. So that we are now the water from above, dispatched on earth on a mission, a calling, a sacred calling. To bring forth a proclamation of liberty, be reconciled to God. He wants to snatch you out of the kingdom of darkness, lest you be destroyed. All that, the word sanctified, I said all that to say that word sanctified is a very powerful agapeo. To be loved by God. The Strong's really broke it down so well for me. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father. And here it is. Here's the word, guard, that I, I, I looked up in John 14, 23. And preserved in Jesus Christ. Preserved in Jesus Christ. And Jude finishes, if we flip over... In 24, verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. So God is the only one that can keep us from stumbling. That we are preserved in him, teros. And yet Jesus is using this very same word to guard, to preserve, regarding us expressing love to God. By keeping his word, by guarding his word in our heart, we're being kept by God. God. And I believe a good example of that in a verse is, it just comes to my mind, is Peter's writing. This is important. Do you know why it's important? It's so easy to stray away from the daily reading of the Word of God. Then we find ourselves stumbling. In our minds, stumbling in our minds, struggling. I don't hear God. Where is God? Are we keeping his word? And we say, oh, but yeah, I love God. But are we keeping his word? 
Are we keeping his word? Peter, I'll just have to find the verses. Give me a moment here. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1. Verse 3 talks about blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. We read this a few times already, even within the last month. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. This is it. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, who are kept by the power of God through faith. And so the keeping that happens, the keeping power of God, is really found in the word of God as we are keeping the word of God. The very same word that Jesus told us was demonstration of us loving, of us loving God, is to keep his word, to guard his word. Tereo, 50.83, to watch over his word, to observe his word, to preserve his word in our heart, is what he's saying to Jude here, through Jude. The Holy Spirit is using the very same word, writing to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. That is what it looks like. Preserved in Jesus Christ. Abiding in the true vine. Preserved in Jesus Christ. Let's read a few verses here. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Because we're going to see some Something here of angels not keeping their abode. It did not go well for them. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all derived, delivered to the saints. I really feel this is the message coming from the same, from the same inspiration of the Spirit. To exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Look at verse 4, what happens here. For certain men have crept unnoticed. That word unnoticed was secretly. Certain men have crept in unnoticed secretively. Also it means under pretense. They don't have a true heart. Under pretense. And also another, another phrase for that unnoticed was to enter by stealth. Unaware. They slither in. And they lodge in with you. 
Why? Who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Beware of your fellowships. Doesn't mean you go judging just because it said something amiss. But what you're to contend over is this Christian faith. This, this purity of faith that's more precious than gold. That is really your address that you live from, the word of God. I want verse 5, but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper abode, their proper domain, Actually, that word is, is quite neat. That word domain is to keep the original placing that they had in the beginning. Can I say what Hebrews writes to keep your confidence that you had in the word of God in the beginning? I had it queued up. I have to find it. Jude 1, 6, yeah. And the angels who did not stay within. And it's again from the word teros, to guard, to preserve. Their own domain, that word domain, is from... The word seven, it's the word seven, four, six. It's R-K, R-K, R-K. It means beginning, origin, rule. The study of it, the initial starting point. What comes first and therefore is chief, foremost, has the priority because has a priority ahead of the rest, has preeminence. So what we're talking about is these angels, the angels who did not keep their proper domain, that which they had in the beginning, that, that had preeminence in the beginning, but left their own abode, they left their place. He has reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness for the judgment of the great day. I want to finish off with Colossians. Well, really, um, there's something in Hebrews, or between maybe Hebrews 2 and, and Colossians, to keep that which you have in the very beginning is very important. Where you are placed at a new birth is where you're supposed to stay to the very end. Stay, stay in that perfect salvation of the blood of Christ, of the word of God. Don't depart 
that which you were entrusted with in the very beginning. Salvation message. Through Christ alone. Through Christ alone, there's only one name under heaven given to man. Jesus is that name. That man can be saved. No other way. No other way. Colossians. Let's find Colossians. It's hiding from me. It's not going to hide too long. It's right here. I'll get it. I'm going to get it. Colossians 1. Mm -mm -mm. Let's start 15, but I'm going for 18. He, that is Jesus. Colossians 1, 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Keep in mind who he is. The word made flesh. The image of the invisible God. The firstborn. The one in the beginning. The firstborn over all creation. And by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things in the beginning. At the very beginning we see him. In Genesis 1 and in John 1 we also read, he was there in the beginning. He is before all things and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning. This is the word arche. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, in all things he may have the preeminence. The Alpha and the Omega, let him have the preeminence in your life today. I'm so moved by him. Hear him calling out to you again. Find yourself in this confidence you had in the beginning. Do not depart. The word of his truth, the word of his love, light. Light is only found in the word of God. His word is light. Let him have the preeminence and let us not be imitators of angels that departed that place of the beginning. We had the preeminence and we're taken into damnation. Hebrews, I'll finish with two. Hebrews 2. Therefore, we must give the more, verse 1, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. This is the danger. Lest we drift away and we find ourselves living somewhere else and not the word and the thought of God. Lest we drift away. And I think I'd looked this up a long time ago. It was like a, a boat being demurred from, from the pier, just, just drifting away by the currents of the world. The way of dissipation. Oh, it's okay. God gets me. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay, you know. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, the power of the word. And every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. 
How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first, at the first, began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? Today, we don't neglect. No, no. We abide in the true vine. We contend for that which was entrusted to us in the very beginning, the message of salvation. We are Christian. We are Christian and we live by faith based on the word of God. And so we are pleasing to our heavenly father today and forever. Amen. Glory be to God. We are done. Thank you.